Welcome everybody to the Movie Overload podcast. <laughs> it's it's a weekly podcast where we go through the movies, uh, the the hundred greatest movies oh, that have yeah. ever been made That's throughout the history of cinema. <laughs> From a trip to the moon to parasite and everything in between, except for you know Roman Polanski, because fuck that guy, Woody Allen, because fuck that guy. I, I we got a comment recently where somebody said <laughs> that's how to lose an audience in under a minute or under something minute, like two that. Two minutes or something. I think I assume that that was either in relation to our terrible podcast chemistry or it was in <laughs> relation to the fact that we said fuck Woody Allen maybe while talking about like cinephile movies or something. <laughs> no, I didn't go uh, to listen to either me. way, no uh, you know, if if that's not your the audience uh, you want. Exactly. Maybe yeah. that, that might have been an episode that started with rambles. I'm not really sure. I did check in in the first few minutes oh. we did say fuck Woody Allen okay. and went on cool. about it for right, a bit. So me. But but you know if if uh, if it's either of those things if if neither of those things are enjoyable to you uh, you don't have to be here yeah. and uh, yeah and that's the beautiful thing about the internet is there's so much content for you out there we we you're, desperately you're... do not want anyone to listen to this podcast <laughs> at so. least one of the four of us does not want anybody to listen <laughs> to this podcast I'll do anything to undermine our success. No. I remember that actually might have been the episode where we were trying to get you to introduce yourself and you were saying no because it can be used as <laughs> <laughs> I left that whole bit in. I hope that's okay. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Cuz yeah, it was funny. Yeah. Any anyway. So Care to do it again? Yeah, if you if you want to like <laughs> threaten us or something. Oh, wait, not that. All you have to do is just say I will play this podcast episode in front of other people and I'm <laughs> no, pretty sure at the very least Aiden will bow to any oh, of your commands. Gotcha. Um Maybe. but yeah, that I uh, I'm um uh, brum, brum brum and I'm I'm broom broom and I'm joined with me as always by Aiden, say hi, Aiden. Hi, and, oh, and Hunter shit. as well. Oh yeah, that, that one's me. Yeah, and then Anna's not here this time again. <laughs> she was busy. here last time. She just didn't say anything. Yeah, it's her birthday. <laughs> happy birthday! Happy birthday! Anna. No, the, it's this is gonna come out on the day after her birthday. So say happy birthday yesterday. Say happy time travel. Uh, belated birthday, mm. I believe is the term. That's not a thing. That's totally a thing. <laughs> I, <know>. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to. No, say that you're not you're allowed wrong. to make jokes. I'm the only one. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. that's fun. Uh, today's See, I, movie. I learned about yes anding, but I wanted to be subversive and try no anding. Nope. Nope. Oh, yes. I forgot. I was thinking of the... Interesting technique. I was, uh, say, I was thinking of the, I think that the, the, the yes, yes and formula yes, has a specific no philosophy and. to it, and the no and formula is a rebuttal of that philosophy, not replacing it with anything at all. Yes. <laughs> Which is something that I tried to explain. I had some some friends a few years ago, and we would, I don't know, I would make a joke, and I, I, I got into this thing where I didn't actually really wanted to make a joke. I wanted to set up a joke for somebody else to, <laughs> to deliver the punchline, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. And they were just like, just like they knew what I was what I was going for, and they were like constantly no anding me, and I'm like, you realize that this is the reason why. You don't think I'm funny is because you're destroying the jokes that I'm setting up intentionally. Yeah. And you're trying to be a team player. And they and they even know anded the idea that yes and exists. 
Like I was like, no, you don't understand how comedy works. And they're like, you're ridiculous. That's not how you don't, you, you clearly just not funny. Uh, of course. Anyway, that's, so that's what I'm really trying to cultivate here on this podcast in a kind of revenge sense. I mean, if anyone is funny, is anyone funny? Mm. Uh, is Gene Wilder funny? I thought he was kind of funny. He's wildly amusing. I, I enjoyed yeah, his character. Nice. It was a very random, like, fully cameo feeling character. So much. Well, and it's, uh, he, he jumps. Uh, so we're talking about Bonnie and Clyde, by the way. Yeah. yeah uh, that's the 1968, 67? I thought I saw Arthur yeah. Penn film uh-huh. starring Warren Beatty, Faye Dunaway, Gene Wilder, Gene Hackman. Why are I mean, you putting Gene Wilder before Gene Hackman? Because was he, he was funny. Was <laughs> He was in one scene, and uh, it was a bit of a strange reveal because you cut to him lip-locked, <laughs> just completely just yeah. like making out on the front porch stoop under the gazebo. And then he looks up, and you're like, fuck, is that Gene Wilder? <laughs> I saw his name in the credits, and I was like, what? And then apparently this is his, like, debut film performance apparently really that's i think i saw that wow the wikiped i mean i can see why it's weird because it does feel like it's just a cameo but if it's his first film performance it like (laughs) is just he just had enough star power just by existing that it launched his film career i guess uh the first thing listed for him on letterboxd is a recording of his performance in death of a salesman and well yeah so theater actor right made the transition to, to film here does it but to be true that is even weirder because it feels like it's supposed to be oh <laughs> i know this know person but if you didn't know this person beforehand i i mean he sells the character mm-hmm. he does like it it honestly is just a very startling i think that's what i i, I really took away from this movie is just the way that it it manages to bounce around between a lot of different things in a way that feels cohesive like you just have this weird these weird comedic detours you have like kind Mm -hmm. of bloody and brutal action scenes and then you have just like complex character dynamics and weird almost kind of psychological stuff and it's all just kind of happening in tandem in the context of what feels like a very normal Hollywood movie, but all of those additions make it feel very much not like a normal Hollywood movie for the time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's cool. There's a lot to talk about there. There's a lot to talk about. When did Hayes Code end? I clicked on an article, and of course they mention it being abolished at the very end of the article. I... Oh, I was just curious how long after the Hayes Codes. Um, I feel like we got... 68. It did end in So, 67. yeah, this year. So huh. Wait, was this film 67 or 68? It says 67 on the Letterboxd page. Mm. Okay, so... Cute. So, okay, the code was soft, sort of abandoned in 52, uh-huh. before in 68 it soon... Um, got completely just abandoned and replaced with the MPAA. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm. The MPA, as we all know, is brilliant and makes so much sense. Uh, it definitely made sense in its early days. Yes. Well, I, it's self-regulation that's really just for optic reasons. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I find it, 
I've always found it a bit weird that like R and M rated like material in video games and movies is so like strictly protected under age blocks. Uh, maybe it's just because I grew up with the internet and in your own home you can watch literally anything with no barriers and then you go out in public and go to see a movie and they're like, I need to see your ID. Fun fact, I've only ever been ID'd because I look old, I guess, hmm. uh, to see a PG-13 movie. What? Uh, uh, we went to see uh, A Quiet Place. Uh, I was, I was a part what? of the theater group thing, I, and we went there, and it's like, I need to see IDs. And all of us just looked at each other. Because, uh, there were a couple people there that were like 15, 16. That makes sense. And we're like, oh, I'm wait. pretty sure this, this, this movie was like PG-13, right? And he looks back, yeah. and he's like, Oh, oh, oh! I've been asking people that all day. Oh God! I was gonna say I was like they should not be IDing people for PG thirteen no. movies. God. Okay, it's cool. Funny. It's mistakes. We've uh, been so joke before, right? What? I feel. Oh yeah, no! Yeah, I, I've totally. been I've been blocked out of movie. I, I back in the day. Oh yeah, mm, right. I used to try to go because you know that's true. There was yeah. a period in which the only really inter- and that's kind of how it is. I think a lot of times, but the only interesting movies are rated R because you want to see, you know the indie movies where they say fuck twice. (laughs) Um, Uh, Like I wanted to go see the favorite. Oh yeah. And I actually, at the time I was, I was of age. Uh My friend was not. Oh, we got kicked. We got, we got booted. We were in Tennessee. We got booted and we didn't have anybody to pick us up. And so we just had to walk around. Um, The next day we went back and (laughs) (gasps) you got in. Yes. (gasps) Because my mother <laughs> bought a ticket to get my friend to go in. So she goes in and just walks right out the exit. <laughs> Classic maneuver. Ooh. Because they're like, yeah. fine. Yep. Like, uh, and, and it ended up being very shocking content wise for that friend. It's just about, oh, yeah. it's just about bunnies. What's It's just <laughs> about bunnies. All those rabbits. If that's anything I gleaned no, from that, yeah. just... I- Endless crossfading what? into more and more rabbits at the end of it. That movie Such is essentially about movie. rabbits. It is. Good. I really um, love that movie. But like, but yeah, no friend really, was shocked. Yeah, I'm sure. But like, really, I mean, the blame is on the person who sold you tickets in the first time. First time, because how did you get that far? They should have. No, you we both. didn't buy tickets beforehand. We were trying. We were up at the box. Yeah, to try and exactly. And and they they kicked us out of the oh yeah. they yeah. prevented you from buying tickets yes. no not so you bought ticket made it to the audition the no they word we couldn't see booted like sort we were, of implies we were, that we weren't like in yeah. the theater and yeah. then they no oh, they that's like I but they the, it was weird yeah. because the, it's Tennessee and so it wasn't like this like sorry you can't see that one want to see something else it was sort of like how how dare you how dare attempt you? it yeah that's kind of what it was so weird weird they were kind of like weird about it oh, but that's strange anyway it was like uh, we're because also like the friend was like a few months yeah, of course like just a few months anyway so i was like why are you hmm. acting that's like we're strange. i did anyway. get barred from seeing us hmm. with a friend because uh she was of age but didn't have a driver's license oh. and they wouldn't accept the school id as oh. a form of id weird huh that's dumb so, like, if you're at a community college or whatever, yeah. like, you're probably. No, I mean, no. Well, maybe. I guess it's a high school idea. ID. Okay. Well, that's I didn't make any friends at community college, except for you know present company excluded. Present company. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
I would, but to be fair, I was 15 when I started there. So yeah, even then, yeah, I do remember that those f- those few years before you were old enough to get me into our movies. Yeah, it was really funny because yeah, like I was old enough for a long time, and then there was only like a couple of months. Yeah, where like I was old enough to be a, like of age to get someone underage in. Yeah, and we didn't even take advantage of. it. I don't think, think we maybe did like once. Maybe once we went and to then, her, and then I was and then, age, so was and fine. then you were just normally old enough. So yeah, I didn't even but I've it. never it gotten so carded any way. When I've been yeah. like since I yeah aged out of there, and I, I mean that's that makes sense. I feel like people don't look at me and think that I'm a small child. Yeah, and like, I don't really look, I was, feel like I've changed. And when I was at the theater, when I was at the theater, the rule was card people who look like they're under like thirty because we just didn't know. Right. Yeah, you can look really young and you can look really old. I mean, just never know. Yeah, <sighs> and you and, oh, and you would pull some horse piss like. <laughs> I didn't like doing that. Yeah, I don't remember you ever having to telling me that you had to card people, but I definitely did it. Some of the did time. you ever turn people away? Yeah. Was that yeah. awkward? Yes. I'm you sure. know what? I I never had to go in and confront someone already sitting in the auditorium. Thank goodness, I would mm. have died. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. I would have not done well in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was just us and an old couple watching the favorite. That old couple, that old <gasps> Tennessee, oh. very like uh-huh. Christian like, old oh, couple. They're like, oh, it's just a period movie. I it's don't think they were happy with what they watched. <laughs> I watched Jim Jarmusch's The Dead Don't Die with an audience of like matinee seniors. <laughs> <laughs> And that movie uh, played, I found it even more funny. That's uh, really good. Specifically because of that. Nice. Um, a movie that played well with practically no one, yeah. but especially not elderly people who went to go see Bill Murray. I was you the know? loudest person in that theater because I was laughing at the jokes. Oh my goodness. The jokes that it felt like other people were like, because the movie does not tell you that they're jokes. Well, it does no. not give you that indication. You kind of have to know Jarmish already a little yeah. bit or just be into that kind of thing, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, so I don't, nobody else was really laughing, but I was I was loud and I felt bad about that. But, you know, <laughs> like, I, I also felt like maybe it's helpful for the audience to know that it's a comedy. Maybe. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just just so they get the vibe. Uh, I, this movie, Bonnie oh, yeah. and Clyde. I forgot about 68. Yeah. Bonnie uh, and Clyde. Doesn't isn't a comedy but has comedy has element comedic stuff i mm-hmm. heard it was like going to be Hollywood. more comic really oh, did you originally i did a huh. brief scan of the, the wikipedia page interesting saying that like they were even like the violent scenes were apparently going to be more like kind of goofy and then they were like let's just make them really fucked up <laughs> and yeah. it worked and better. then they talked about getting like a lot of inspiration from like french new wave stuff and i was like oh interesting hmm yeah, some weird influence yeah. there. Anyway, yes, mm-hmm. it is. It has its funny moments. Oh yeah, it, it has does. Some good times, and it has some good like kind of still moments as well. Mm-hmm. I, I really the thing that I think of in this movie that like that just really worked was that shot when Bonnie is like running away into the the, mm. the field, mm. and it's like a crane shot moving up as he's like chasing after her. It's like just so, kind of yeah. a very quiet moment, and it yeah. just like just kind of hits you yeah. and i like that it's able to do that while also having gene wilder play a very ridiculous character who <laughs> yeah. is upset that his burger isn't well done after getting 
sort of kidnapped and then yeah i don't it's yeah <laughs> well so s- this isn't a comedy but it is a light-hearted film uh through most of it like all of the characters are in pretty good spirits <laughs> until it's not they're just kind of like anarchal free spirits that are just like wheeling their way through the country holding up banks uh and murder happens sometimes you know they try to avoid Oops. it but right. you know sometimes but someone he, climbs he, on your car and so you need to shoot them had, through the mouth you didn't have a choice you know it was you or him even though he was unarmed and just on the side of your car, and you could have just opened the door and he would have fallen off. But anyways, yeah, like that yeah. bit when he like beats the guy with the the gun and gets away, and he was mm. like, "Why do you make me do that? I'm not right. I'm not against like, him. I'm not trying to hurt people. I just want their money." Yeah, yeah, but he's like, yeah, but I think it's interesting that he was sort of like, "I'm not, I'm not against him. Like I'm, I'm against right. people being rich." Yeah. Even though I'm stealing from your shop, yeah, yeah it's not against like... you. It's against the establishment, but also you're the establishment. Right. But it's yeah, there were some weird. I kind of did wish that they would show that a little bit more, just like the weird economic sort of ethics of it all. Because like, there's that moment with the like the house that's like been yeah like, That's a good moment. Like, yeah, it's really cool. Like they're already poking around in there, and then the guys come by and they're like, "Oh yeah, this used to be my house," and then now it's the banks and yeah because they got foreclosed on and it's like oh and he hands them the gun and they start shooting up the house yeah it's like this moment of solidarity where they're like oh maybe you know we're thieves but maybe the bank is kind of a thief too and it's kind of bigger than than any of us which is cool but then yeah it's like okay but like if you're stealing from just like normal people maybe that's not great well and they i don't know they don't there is a disconnection yeah. present between like what they think they're doing right. and the way that they're seeing their actions and the way that it's being seen by others and the way that it's being like used by the establishment mm-hmm. because uh, as with the story of Bonnie and Clyde as it goes they did some jobs but we don't know exactly how many jobs they did because Every bank robbery that happened was pinned on Bonnie and Clyde. Mm. And they're like reading the papers. And it's like, yeah, so they said that yesterday we robbed a uh, a bank up north. And then two hours later, robbed a bank in Texas. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> where like, they're everywhere. They're nowhere. No one knows where they are because yeah. everyone's like, ah, Classic. it's Bonnie and Clyde. Or the, they're the worst. Not super powerful. Through most of it, it's actually focusing that. on the like family gang. Yeah. The Barrow yeah. Gang. I, I did like kind of on that point the the line where I think he says like they try and make us look big so that they can look big when they catch us. Yeah, yeah. it's like oh that's pretty good. I do enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, it is. So this the way that couples meet in old movies mm-hmm. weirds me the hell out, <laughs> especially since after hearing uh, I was talking with my grandparents a year ago or something. And I heard for the first time the way they met, which Mm. was my grandpa went into a steakhouse, said, hey, do you have any blonde waitresses? And they're like, (laughs) that one over there. And he's like, cool, I'm going to marry you. And they got married six months later. That's bonkers. I know. I think, yeah, that's not exactly how that happened with my grandparents. As far as I'm aware, my grandparents were high school sweethearts. Hmm. But yeah. And that's, that guess, sounds like the norm. But I guess that's better. Yeah. 
did get married at 18. <laughs> Old people, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you just hear all of the people it's from just, previous generations. Oh, yeah, we got married around like... It's weird. Early 20s. Because we would all be married now if we were them. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. If we were like born a few decades yeah. earlier, we would have been... I mean, we'd be a few years into even, marriage. Even my parents had like two kids by the time they were my age. Like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, imagine like having kids right now in this economy. In this economy? <laughs> well, yeah. yeah like, really. You just can't not say it. I don't actually remember what that's from. It's just something everybody says. Yeah, I think it's it? just a random phrase. Mm-hmm. This economy. <sighs> I mean, yeah. Anyway. I mean, no, like upkeep on a boyfriend is, is pretty high. You you do need some like yes. positive cash flow. That's like actually legitimately I've I've seen polls uh, specifically in Japan from a, a lot of Japanese men and that is the that's the a big reason why there's a population decline is that culture there's a lot expected of, oh, yeah. of men in dating relationships and a lot of money um very like you know specific price points and you know for dates and mm-hmm. you're supposed to do this and this and this and they're like yeah. i just i it's just too expensive like i just don't mm. want to spend that amount of money just mm-hmm. to be in a relationship and like you know perpetuate our species you know like i don't care i don't care yeah yeah and that's fair <laughs> i Me mean too, I, I i think it's fair to say hey we're going on this date uh you know we're, we're starting off casual why don't we just pay for the things that we get yeah ourselves just, and know? that that should be maybe should be the way that things go but that's not really as culturally acceptable not really at the moment although if someone's down for that you know they're cool you know. I guess that would be true. That's true. Who wants somebody <sighs> who's just following the status quo, no matter what the status quo is? You know who yeah. didn't follow the status quo? Who didn't follow the status quo? Clyde Barrow. The film Bonnie and Clyde. Ba-doom. Arthur Penn. Wow, yeah. It does feel like it was kind of... I don't know. I mean, you were you were sort of indicating that the Hayes Code ends and this is able to do the things that it does. And this is kind of also in response to the fact that 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 the television industry wasn't able to do as much, but was sort of in competition with the film industry. Yeah. So that's a high school. You're useless. But, you know, sometimes you learn things like (laughs) around this time in the motion picture industry, a lot of fear of competition from television. Hmm. It didn't like infringe on the market. Why would you go out if you could just sit at home? So they either try to make a bigger show or they would um, after the success success of Bonnie and Clyde and other movies early in the like what is considered like the new Hollywood movement, Hmm. like the new more less studio, more director oriented sort of approach that wound up going on because there were such strict restrict restrictions on what sort of content can be shown on television films started indulging more in that sort of more risque content that you just couldn't get on television so it's like oh hey come come to the films get come see Mikey and Nikki, see them drinking beer and smoking and swearing words yeah. and, and other things guns. happen. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, yeah, this is definitely the most like risky movie I feel like we've covered. Like this has not, it, well, things are less implied. It's the, it's the most, 
There's more on-screen stuff, and I, I don't think, know what you're about to say. I think some of the Japanese films ha- have a bit more content. Uh, like I, I feel like to remember. I feel like Harakiri. No, so we have uh, Harakiri. Oh, we had the handmade, the South Korean. That's, that's pretty true. Film. As well. it, we haven't had that many Americans films yet that have kind of any content really. But dip that far into content. Um, we got like c- opposing this directly to last week's film, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Mm. A lot of gunplay in that movie. Right. Not much blood. Not pretty, much red stuff. Bloodless, yeah. Uh, here they they're like, we can we can lean a bit harder I, into the red. Yeah, stuff. when somebody gets shot, they get freaking shot. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it starts gushing. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not like super like up close and like detail realistic or anything like that. Like you might no. see today, but it's like there's a nice like good red spot, yeah. and you see they're like they are hurting. There are bits where they're, not they're just time. covered. Yeah. Like, it yeah. just feels more brutal, and you just have to deal with the impact. It's like of almost slipping in it, you know? Yeah, it's not just like, pow, and somebody's like, ugh, and, and then they, they fall, fall over. over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's not like that. It's like, oh, they get, like, brutalized in this movie. So It's a, yeah. it's a really interesting contrast with yeah. that more lighthearted tone, mm-hmm. the way that Bonnie and Clyde and the whole gang kind of are seeing their actions, and they're just kind of having fun like being right. out in this there. very childish way and yeah. then when violence happens it does contrast with it much more heavily mm-hmm. it, it makes much more of an impact now uh i'm jaded i i i've seen much worse things than this it didn't like hit me yeah. you yeah, know right. yeah. but sure. you you feel it a bit more mm-hmm. it it grounds it in a greater sense of reality yeah. and kind of just yeah. the the stakes just feel more it's like oh these people are like feel more legitimately in danger mm-hmm. and yeah. like and the, obviously there are times when some and eventually all of them <laughs> don't get out of it like yeah it that's you know, the it truth ends poorly and you so, and you just kind of have to deal with it don't know exactly when it's going to happen because they're just hanging out, and then suddenly the cops show up. Yeah, and there's Multiple gunfire times. everywhere. And sometimes they make it out. Sometimes they don't really. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's a good time. People are have lasting wounds. Like Blanche, you know, is kind of just left. goes. I don't oh know exactly what's wrong. Her whole she has like a bandage over her head, like the top bandaged. of her head. Yeah, so like she's you know, I don't know. But also, I feel like times there are lots of times where people will like get shot in the arm, and then the next scene they're like. I'm doing pretty okay. How do we feel about the statement "fuck Blanche"? Do we feel okay about that? She just she she got on my nerves I, just as much as mm, she got on Bonnie's nerves for me. I, so I think she, <laughs> she's intended to be that sort of yeah. wet blanket, but I also feel for her because she's being brought into this like she isn't like what I I'm still baffled as to the the decision. Clyde's like, no, so my brother's going to come along and join our gang. And also he's going to bring his his wife, his new wife, who, though he is, you know, in the crime sort of area, she's a minister's daughter yeah. and like, kind of just I, wants to be like a sell-down housewife and doesn't uh, want any of this and isn't I, I really useful. I wish that she had just done something else with her life. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, like, it's not like she's a terrible person. She's just, she's, it's not, it's not the right lifestyle for her. Right. And it's a... And it's a and it's obnoxious and ultimately is kind of the reason why everything happens the mm, way that it does. Kinda. I did kind of at least appreciate the consistency of her character. How yes. like when things go bad, she's the first and the only one to be like, God, please.
please. I'll never do anything wrong in my life again. <laughs> yeah. And just like that kind of things like, okay, you probably would be the one to do that and mm. no one else would because you're the preacher daughter but when she wants that's to get like, paid yeah <laughs> true okay that's the bit she where i get that, that's the bit where i'm like okay no i see i see where bonnie's at true. here yeah fully right. i i do not. feel for her a bit though because it she is being dragged into this because her husband is doing this and and there's no agency in that yeah time. she she yeah. is being yeah, completely true. like yeah. she, she's helpless and she's just being dragged along for the ride and I saw the fact that she was like asking for a cut of the money as her trying to like gain some sort of because she is in a very like financially abusive situation. She has no money. She has like no way to get out of this. That is the one bit about that scene that like I was thinking about in a sort of positive light is like it is interesting that like this Barrow gig is essentially one of the only places in this period where women just have their own money. Yeah. You know, like, like both Blanche and Bonnie, the they time, just they got their own cash. The time when no they had to rob the banks, <laughs> and and the Barrow Gang is the one that's like, yeah, no, I don't know, we're all we're all equal. Yeah, yeah. like true. I just I like that that was that was part of it already. It's true. Yeah, it's, it's it's cool. It's fun. And I, I find found it just really fascinating and sweet and affecting when Bonnie wants to go see her mom, and they all go and they like hang out with their family and all of that stuff. It's, it's just, it's really, it's just a very different vibe yeah. and it, yeah. And just kind of her mom's reaction to everything and like seeing her process that mm-hmm. as well is all just like, I don't know. I think, I think yeah. they do play around with a lot of the like weird, like actual consequences mm-hmm. of this sort of thing. Yeah. I liked how that scene kind of led into, I think, scene after or soon after where it's just kind of Bonnie and Clyde kind of hanging out in their room kind of chatting again and it's just kind of that moment where she talks about realizing like I thought that we were going somewhere with this and it's dawning on me now that this is it Mm. this Mm -hmm. is the life that we just have and it's just kind of going to be this forever probably yeah like and just being like oh I don't have anything like this but like oh well right well, and she she's gone all in on this, right? You know, she ha- she can't go back now. Yeah, she's just stuck here, and she's like, I guess I have to learn to live with this now. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and my, now might be a good time to go into the actual relationship between Bonnie and Clyde mm. in this movie, which is like a really interesting and unexpected. <laughs> I like I expected it to be about their relationship, mm. but. I'm like, oh, this is not what I was expecting it to be. Not really. a typical Hollywood relationship. No, it's it's yeah. it starts off weird. The most Hollywood part is when he's like, change that. I don't like that with I, her hair. Yeah, that was the part. Yeah. that's was the like, most oh, Hollywood he's kind bit. Of an asshole. Oh, no. Yeah, that it makes you worry that that's gonna be how it is. And yeah, it, it really feels like he just does that once. Yeah, and then. That he didn't mm-hmm. have more moments like he that. doesn't tend to seem he doesn't really manipulate her very much yeah. it feels like and that's the bit that makes me feel like bonnie does have a lot of agency as a character is because while she does that pretty willingly mm-hmm. it's she, she kind of has a lot of the power in their relationship for the rest of it which very much proves i think for, to me that she's willingly putting herself within clyde's power in certain ways um but but i mean 
she dictates like if she wants to go see her mother that's what they do like there, there's a decent amount of of freedom that she still has despite the fact that she has subscribed herself to his life yeah you know what i mean well we see a lot of that in as it goes on we see more of clyde's fragility mm. and then mm. opposed to that more of bonnie's strength yeah coming she's, through yeah. she's definitely the the more like mm-hmm. what is what's the word resilient maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's um it, yeah. it reminds me of actually and i know this is a weird reference but it reminds me of 20th century women where uh where um what's her name uh Fanning's character says mm-hmm. i feel like what's really important is 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 strength it's 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 mm-hmm. it, the ability to have like resilient resilience against all the other emotions it's not yeah. about being um you know receptive it's not about um it's not about any of those things it's it's resilience against emotion yeah. and i feel like that's that's all of bonnie's character mm. is she just there's just like this kind of face like faye dunaway's performance i think is really brilliant like it mm. it works so well it's so multi-layered yeah. but you can kind of see where she's the intellectually minded one where she's mm. thinking about you know results and what's happening and consequences and all of these things and she's able to just kind of fully shut out the emotions of the situation like from the that first bit where he's like where he he holds up people and then all of a sudden they're mm-hmm. on the run she's very clearly clearly just like processes that this is the new normal and just yeah and just goes with it and is able to shut out the like the tragedy of the thing and mm-hmm. you definitely see Clyde deal a lot more with like I didn't want to shoot that person and like he doesn't have a full complete concept of what he wants he he's doing the thing that he's doing and he thinks that he's he's fighting in some sort of like grander bigger thing in in a weird way he's fighting against something and she's just like no this is this is this is this is what we do well he has this interesting. whole macho posturing sort of attitude yeah. going into all of his his things he's like a, a puppy doing tricks is, is kind of the vibe you get coming off him He's because he puppy. like pulls a little heist to like impress, uh, impress Bonnie at the beginning. And then when they go in for their first actual like heist thing, he's like, here, I'll take care of it. And he's just completely unprepared and very visibly nervous. And then he doesn't know how to react when they're like, this bank, like this bank shuttered down three weeks ago and he just looks around and it's just paper everywhere he makes her, and typewriters yeah. like thrown against the he wall. makes him tell her and then she just laughs <laughs> yeah and, and you see that sort of because there are three jobs that he really does before she gets in on the actual bank robbing there it <laughs> there's that first one where he just goes into the grocery store the bank that is closed and they don't get anything out of uh, and then he goes into that one shop where the guy beats him up. Yeah, he does fail yeah. quite a bit at first. And, and then she just gets, sticks with him. He gets, uh, they get the driver, their their driver friend who... C.W. C.W. Moss. C.W. He's a, uh, <laughs> not a great driver at first. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he you parking the car? Literally parked the car. <laughs> yeah. <parking>. Uh, <laughs> no, but then once she actually starts going in on the jobs with, with him... That's when they actually start being able to pull it off. Mm. Like, he starts off and he impresses her because he's a bank robber. 
He got arrested for armed robbery. And she's like, this is exciting. I am in like a dead end cul-de-sac of my life. And right. I feel like I have no escape. And, and she's like, this is cool and exciting. And then when she actually starts going in with him and do uh, submitting an agency in there, she's really what makes the whole operation function. Right. They They both like trust each other and are on the same wavelength. And she is just so calm and collected through the whole thing and doesn't get flustered. Which I think is also why she gets so irritated by Blanche being emotional because she's like, just don't like stop. Like even there's a bit where she's trying to scream at Blanche to stop when her husband has been shot and he's like (laughs) bleeding out. Yeah. And she's like, don't stop it. Emotions are a liability in this circumstance. You need to just power through. Mm -hmm. But, but Clyde is, is a bit more like, I think he's a bit more empathetic to to Blanche's mm. situation. Oh yeah, and everybody yeah. is except for right. for her. That yeah. just reminded me of that shot when they're driving away, and she's like, uh, Bonnie's like looking back from the front seat, trying to get Blanche to like calm down, and there, her hair is just like fully covering her face. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> I like that. That's the, the shot that they used. Yeah, <laughs> like you just cannot see your face at all. I was like, nice. that's, that's yeah. pretty good. That's kind of fun. Well, and also, she is. Like the sexual liberation movement is mm-hmm. coming up around the same time, and she is very much like uh, an openly like sexual female character. Without it, it feels very much self possessed and yeah. not like. There's no like, I don't know. Th- there's no sense of them like con- considering her like Esler or something like that. Like she's just yeah. She's, she's she has her own yeah sexual identity she's able to do what she wants and Mm -hmm. it's not commented on in a negative light for the most part for the most part the really interesting thing within the like sexual dynamics of this relationship is that unlike most like heteronormative relationships that are portrayed on screen around this time like bonnie is the more sexually aggressive liberated one and Clyde is very not um, for. I mean, he kind of tries. It's it's an interesting. It's also yeah. That's a very interesting thing for them to do in this era. Yeah. yeah or so in general, really, what exactly do we think is going on there? Is he just like suffering from uh, some sort of uh, erectile dysfunction issue, or is it like a different thing? He's very he. It's it's hard to read exactly what's going on because he's so defensive about it. It is such a vulnerable area for him, and he is mm-hmm. like very defensive of immediately. Like, no, I'm not gay though. I I I I like women. I'm just not not. I'm not a lover boy. I don't do that. And it, it, I would say that he might be like sort of asexual as a character, if not for when he like later a- attempts to when he like feels strongly for Bonnie and they really attempt to have a love scene and it just doesn't work. He, he pulls away. Uh, and I I don't know exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's the thing. Is it, uh, like (laughs) a biological issue? It seems like it's a physical issue, right? More than a mental issue perhaps. Yes. I guess that's how that goes. I don't, 
I don't know. But it, it's it's interesting that that's the direction that they decide to go yeah. for a movie like this. Unless that was already some sort of part of the Bonnie and Clyde mythos that I wasn't aware of. I think it's interesting that they decide to have very different a very different kind of relationship and very different sexual politics that they're dealing with at the same time as they're doing more bloody things and they're, they're doing a lot of different stuff with this movie that doesn't feel like it's normally explored, but all within the context of, of a film language that feels very standardized and basic. Well, and for this being a Bonnie and Clyde story, which is kind of painted in the light of that sort of like Romeo and Juliet, like, lost lovers who died tragically sort of Mm -hmm. image it doesn't play terribly like it isn't the sort of love or relationship that like fiery burns itself out relationship that i was at least expecting to see going into this it is because of like Clyde's not doing sex things. It's like very chaste. Mm-hmm. It's pretty like emotionally open. Like they and and they they seem to have a pretty healthy relationship. Like they honestly like, have a good connection. It and it, it is starts off and especially with the hair thing, you're afraid that it's going to be like very domineering and abusive. And in then some ways, kinda, and, he understands her and it, in a it weird way. Doesn't wind up becoming that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they they really do just kind of have both have their own their their own people within the relationship. Yeah. It, it and that's yeah, that's totally not what you see in these dynamics a lot of times. It really feels like codependent unhealthy type relationships, yeah. but this does feel pretty normal. Yeah, and g- fine. Contrasting it a bit more with uh <laughs> what I I can only assume is a soft remake in uh Badlands. <laughs> yeah honestly like it's it plays very differently yeah yeah no it it, terrence malick essentially takes this movie and makes it like fucked up (laughs) like somehow more kind of in every way the more they think about it like i I honestly think some of the the violence is more brutal and uncomfortable Mm -hmm. um yeah all of the characters are like if it was the character from Bonnie and Clyde, except they were just just fucked in the head, <laughs> like, and it yeah. was unhealthy. <laughs> well, and Susie Suspect's character in mm-hmm. that does feel like she is being emotionally manipulated, and that yeah. she isn't really. But she's very childish. As yeah, well. she's being manipulated, and she just doesn't have any kind of maturity or agency or power like Bonnie does. In this, where she really feels like the the rock and like the thing that allows them to be marginally stable. Mm -hmm. Like I think she's the reason that like Bonnie uh, Clyde doesn't go back to jail immediately. Yeah. Within like the context of the film. And I also like what he says when she wrote that thing that got published. (laughs) Oh yeah. And he's like, he's like, I said that I would give you uh, a future or something like that, but that's what you gave me. Um, yeah like she's just she's the person yeah and that's not at all the case in badlands (laughs) no (laughs) no martin sheen is just insane and the worst Uh, and that's yeah interesting yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's 
it's a very different movie despite uh having seen that movie first and going into this movie it felt almost like to me like this movie was aping aspects of that movie because it it stole things like so cleanly from this movie badlands just takes that and you were mentioning like um also days of heaven days of heaven takes a lot the follow-up well. takes a lot from this movie as well early terrence malick is just straight ripped from bonnie and clyde yeah um and he does different things with it in, in some ways and I, I i like that and i still think those mm-hmm. movies are really good days of heaven is one of my favorite movies ever yeah but. well and that's sort of like days of heaven is gorgeous and where this movie kind of falls flat for me is that the the like cinematic language of it is like clean and really solid and functional and it looks good and it's it's all good it just isn't a movie that is focused on that yeah it's not it's not going for anything special in those it's more based off of performance and Mm -hmm. character and uh playing around with different like thematic elements and the visual elements of it work really well to convey everything and it's like really solid popcorn cinema sort of like visual storytelling which is it's good but it's it's not it doesn't really like give me the hit of of cinema that like when i'm like ah i need to watch some classic cinema i i just want to like take that orson wells and just like I mean, smoke it there's, all into yeah. my body, into my eyes. Just it's an unfair evaporate. comparison to to compare this movie visually to an Orson Welles movie, but no, but yeah, also or not. even like you know, Stanley Kubrick's 2001 that comes out a few years later, Andrei Tarkovsky. Uh, yeah, we covered a couple weeks ago with Andre a lot Riedlitz. of things have more dedication to yeah a lot of those production aspects. I really love that. And I totally get people who really love the performance end. While I can engage with different performances and everything, it really isn't what I go to movies for. Yeah, no, the cinematic language needs to be there as well. It needs to be interesting and, and fascinating. Like, I want to get a sense of what Arthur Penn is doing. You know what I yeah. mean? And, and instead of just what the movie is doing. Well, and I'm curious. So as with um, the the history of Hollywood, there are different types of creative voices and in this movie there is a warren Beatty, which is kind of uh throwing into my mind questioning exactly where is the vision coming from here and it might be just shared in a bunch of places because uh warren Beatty is an actor who is very famous for uh like backseat directing his movie the movies he's in like he mm. is very famous for being controlling and exerting like a lot of influence on any movie that he winds up being a part of. Uh, and he becomes a major voice in Hollywood going forward and gets a lot of big vehicles. He, I, I'm still like, I don't even know, like I, I see reds around. I'm like, what? He did a like, big budget Hollywood epic about like communists and it got Oscar attention. Like that's, that's just kind of where he was at the moment. Mm. He was just doing things. 
He was, dude, he's attractive in this movie, I must say. He's I, a cute boy. I don't think I understand typical standards of attractiveness at all because I, I can look at him and I'm like, no, so he looks uh, aesthetically like nice, but there's like so little, like, he has the chin. He's not like getting pod daddy status or anything. He's just, he's just, he's, he's, he's cute. He's in that Dick Tracy movie. <laughs> yeah, he was the, he directed that Dick Tracy movie. It was like, oh, he did his project. He was, a, uh, <laughs> I think he was dating Madonna at the time. She's in that movie. Yep. It's got that, Al Pacino in it. It's a mess. The guy that it's does crazy the donut thing. Insane movie. Don Pacino. Yeah, that. I guess yes. you could say that he's that guy. Yeah, du- some might Dicino argue guy. there are more memorable things that he's done like with what? his career. Serpico was he in that? He was, he in, was in Serpico. Okay. He was in Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah, he was in The Godfather. I don't uh, know what that is. Other movie. I don't. I've never Heat. heard of that. Yes, he was in Heat. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that that movie is. <laughs> yeah, the guy from Serpico not, and Heat. Okay, I yeah. Say, yeah like, I don't feel like that's the joke that you think it is. Maybe like Heat's kind of a big deal. I feel like, but it's not the Godfather. It's not the Godfather. Uh, it's not the Godfather. Still, that's my my yeah. character is just is just you know just not understanding the Godfather, not knowing what it is. That's that, fine. Fine. I cut, guess cut uh, this bit out. I guess that's that's fuck you. New bit. <laughs> It's going to be an I've interesting interesting time when we actually get to The Godfather. Indeed. Like The Godfather's we'll uh, see, first two strokes. We'll see if I care about it more this time. We'll see. I, yeah. I love the cinematography in the movie, and I think the performances. Like, I, I like a good performance, and it's yeah. like icing on top of the cake. For me, when I watch a movie, it has really good performances, and it, like, works on a character level. Yeah. But it it's it's not the cake for me. Like if a movie just has that, I'm I'm just like, fair. nah. That's fair. I, okay, that's fine. I'm happy it's enough fun. that this movie led to things like that. Yep. In a in a relatively straight line, right? Yeah. It's kind of started New Hollywood to Dunkachino. To Dunkachino, yeah, straight yeah. straight line from this to Dunkachino. Mm. I still don't know what Dunkachino is actually from, and uh, I don't. I think it's from Jack and Jill. It's from Jack and Jill. Oh, that's yeah. rough. Yeah, pretty great. Always uh, pretty good. Fun. Fun, fun, fun. <laughs> fun, fun, uh, fun, fun. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it a movie. They, they, all, they all die in the end. It's actually true. Hey, don't. No spoilers. We already spoiled it. They don't come to this podcast you for like, spoilers for the movie we're watching. They come for spoilers for all the movies we mention. Like that bit in Monsters, Inc. When Mike Wazowski gets hurt. In the junk, in order to make a child laugh, that bit happens late in the movie. It's technically a spoiler. Oh, oh, is that the bit at the very end? Yeah, this is what I was. Yeah. Oh, okay. Before we were recording, he jumps and does a bunch of flips and then lands with the metal bar. Okay. And then he goes. You mentioned that, and I was utterly baffled. And now I get it. (laughs) You know, it echoes through the whole. Do we have Monsters Inc. on the list? Did no. was that? I thought about it, but okay. I went with Up. Okay, That's still a Pete Doctor movie though. They're both good. Okay, I, I like Monsters Inc. more just because I more like more Monsters childhood. Inc. more too. It's more I am. Uh, I think we all like Monsters a, Inc. more. Not a Pixar 
fan, yeah, but you know, also very fair. Yeah, I, I think Anna might be, Anna might prefer up. Yeah, most interesting. It it it's just that like, honestly, I feel like if we get to up, it's probably just like yeah, those first five minutes of that say, movie like, everybody talks about yeah. all the time, and it. it and that, the, that's and the, the really the impactful, like, memorable portion of it. Fine. Yeah. And the rest of the movie is like, okay. I remember there just being like... Pete Doctor just tried to recapture those first five minutes for the rest of his career. Too much. And did a pretty good job doing that, honestly. Bird. There's too bird. much bird. Kevin. Most of it's just like them Snipe. chasing around a bird. Here, that's, snipey, snipey, God. snipey. That's Doug. most of what the movie winds up being. Yeah. Which, I mean, People yeah. like Doug. Doug was a cultural icon Doug's, of the time. That's yeah. all right. Yeah. I mean, you I, can't imagine going on a playground... In, in 2011 or whenever that movie came out and not hearing somebody do a Doug impression. Yeah. I did the Doug impression. You yeah. did the Doug impression? I don't know. I think it was just like a family <gasps> yeah. thing. Like We yeah. were like, oh, yeah, Doug voice. It, it hit really hard with my mom. Hmm. Like, she really liked the squirrel thing. Squirrel. Like, yeah, squirrel? everybody does the squirrel thing. Yeah. I, I don't know if they do that anymore on the playground. Probably not. Oh, yeah. Probably not. I do remember that being a thing. Though. Squirrel. That was pretty fun. squirrel. Hi there. <laughs> yeah, everybody does that. And then everybody used to want to do the the voice of the other dog because it had the high pitched voice and it's Oh god, yeah, pitched. that was so fun. I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, we're gonna watch that movie again. Yeah. We'll talk about in it. like a year. We'll talk about it more later. Yeah. It'll that kind fun. of reminded me that I was watching a video yesterday about the road to El Dorado. And like hmm. older movies that kind of maybe led up to and inspired that movie. And he ended up talking about like Bonnie and Clyde and other movies like huh. that, that were kind of showcasing characters who were kind of at least sort of anti-establishment. And then ha- yeah. like after that kind of period, then more movies started showing up that are like, look, the cops are the heroes, even when they're doing bad stuff it's still good and there's yeah like this weird kind that of was like the point. 80s thing yeah, like wasn't it like very decades. much a reagan era feeling yeah like it was kind of huh. a funny thing and i was like hey i'm gonna watch that in a couple of days it was a good video bit topical reminds me of uh the new saw movie spiral oh yeah with a cop cops with, with cops. chris chris rock chris rock which uh chris cop i will do anything in my power chris to eventually subvert this into a saw podcast yeah but well, we did talk about it last time. That's cool. Uh, you can give the audience your take on Spiral. Well, yeah. If you want. Well, I, I mean. <laughs> Quick version. It, well, it's podcast, interesting so. <laughs> uh, because it, it's, uh, as far as Saw movies go, it's, it's pretty, like, I think it's pretty fun and works pretty well. But it is trying to be a political comment mm. on, like, police abuse and, like, hmm corrupt police agencies and it um it it sort of falls flat for me the way that every time saw has tried to do a political message it's fallen a bit flat because the person who is coded as being like justified is the killer Hmm. who always winds up being uh really really fucking smug and (laughs) kind of unbearable in their smugness, uh, and also like a, a sadistic torturer who just tortures people. Yeah, and so like having your moral thesis being like 
sort of tied to that. It just muddles it a bit. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it does. I, 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 I mean, movies aren't going to change culture completely, but like, I think it's more of a step in the right direction in like mm-hmm. its presentation of cops as opposed to like all of the, I, I guess, cop pro cop movies that came yeah. like following the Bonnie and Clyde sort of era where we basically created an image of what the police is in our minds that mm. really doesn't match up with what they <laughs> actually do or yeah. have been doing mm-hmm. or use their methods to and do. And then you've got my grandma who like loves watching Chicago PD enough that like, how could the cops ever do anything bad? You know, like, well, I watched, I don't know. I watched law and order and I, I watched CSI and yeah. I watched Chicago PD. So like cops are like really cool and shit. Like, and they've been coded as like the black one and white, apple. like yeah. good guys for so long Yeah, that you, uh, and then they hear a cab and they're like, Oh my God. But like, but you've never, you must, yeah. you clearly don't have the experience. <laughs> yeah. You didn't grow up in the eighties like I did. You where didn't have the experience <laughs> where we I were know a cop. Them. You're trying to say that the cop guy I know is a bad guy. <laughs> uh, have you ever asked him how many people he's killed? Well, of course. And yeah, it's a lot, but it just, it doesn't. Well, in, in more like areas that we sort of live, uh, like just real pasty suburban type areas, <laughs> mm-hmm. mostly what cops do are hand out speeding tickets and, and they're good at it. Parades. Um, yeah. Know? And, and get invited to like, hockey oh games and God. special events they I, there have been multiple occasions even like within the last like six months probably where they'll do like birthday drive-bys or something like somebody like a, probably a kid yeah. or something's having like a birthday in the neighborhood and like a bunch of police cars with their lights and stuff on like do a slow that's drive, like, like literally the whitest like, shit uh, i can uh, possibly fuck. imagine uh, like so weird it's it that's aggressively uh, white I, you know weird. that would just freak me the hell out yeah, it was very concerning not so knowing much. what was happening and then somebody who did know what was happening like got passed along to us and i was like okay that's weird yeah anyway. yeah uh my last comment on that was that uh copaganda was the word i he used in the video nice. that i mentioned about that's good movies and shows that like that that's yeah. accurate that are like oh yeah i went i i did a driving school through like cops i see those around and yeah freak me out. they yeah you got you're literally driving around with like a cop like why would that <laughs> i remember though because also the cops are d- teaching driving school and man their their way of teaching driving school and i don't know if that's how all driving schools are but mm-hmm. it's like this is the worst possible thing that could happen and with a motorized vehicle like i'm going to tell you a true and the most graphic possible yeah story. Oh. Uh, um, and so we did it's, uh, it's one of those. It's a bunch of ex cops, but yeah, 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 yeah. It was not what I went through. <laughs> yeah, no, we were told stories of like families accidentally leaving the car on in the garage and like their baby getting carbon ah. monoxide poisoned. Mm. Like it's all that. It's just it's the worst possible stories. Yeah. Um, wow. And then you have to go drive with them, and then they also do your driving test. Yeah. Uh, um. And and yeah, one of one time one of the cops was saying. In a, you know, in a school zone, I will pull somebody over if they're going one or two over because, because safety matters. And I'm like, TBH, I don't know if 20 MPH 
is going to save a child's life in a way that 21 isn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To be fair, like it doesn't actually change anything. Well, I, and that's how I like auto failed my first time doing the driver's test. Yeah. Was I oh. was going, I was like slowing down to get to the school zone thing after I passed the sign and that like everything else was fine. And I, he was ah. like, yeah, I auto, that's an immediate fail. And I was like, oh, oh okay, cool. Yeah. I had, Sorry. I, yeah. And it, it's all, it's not very fun having a cop do your uh-huh. driving test because it, well, it's terrifying. Uh huh. So I would imagine. Yeah. Sounds a bit intimidating. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, not a good, not a great experience. I didn't, I didn't come to see cops as anything else other than still the ACAB. Like I don't, <laughs> didn't really change my perspective, but you know, whatever. Yeah. It's because it's true. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> Bonnie uh, and Clyde are fun. I like that bit where they they find that Texas Ranger dude and they like <laughs> take pictures with him and yeah. But then he ends up murdering them and yeah, at yeah. the very end, yeah. So I mean, GG, I guess. Got him. GG. No, isn't it weird that they are protecting um, what's the uh, the person who annoys you? I can't remember anyone's Blanche. name. Blanche. Blanche. They're protecting Blanche and they're like, yeah, word is mm. that they're going to come back and try and finish her off so she doesn't give out any information. <laughs> and you're like, oh, so like the perception of the police here that Bonnie and Clyde are far more ruthless yeah. and strategical than they actually are, uh, where they have no strategy and they're like just trying to make it. Like they don't like. I don't know. They don't care. Is like they left Blanche back there at the same time. <gasps> oh, what? fascism! Hmm. Intriguing. Well, <laughs> that was kind of the funny thing. Uh, I don't know if anyone else noticed this. After they like left, and so uh, Clyde's brother dies, and they're reading in the newspaper. Ah, uh, we didn't. I I couldn't leave him to die. He was already dead when I left him. Uh, they. Do not care about Blanche at all. Like yeah. the second, right. they've just like, like okay, his brother's God. out of the picture. They're like, whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. no, you're you're just tagging along because yeah. she was not uh, an essential piece of their machine. Yeah, they didn't they didn't need her, and also she was going to be fine. I mean, well, yeah, it's they ain't gonna shoot her or anything. Yeah, I mean, she's she blind now, fine-ish. but you know, yeah. But they bandaged her up and they <laughs> used they her, kindly interrogated her, they used her to get the information. Uh, they, well, it, they th- that was a weird, cr- really cr- weird scene. Indeed, yeah. yeah. All right, are are we? Do we have do we have some some final thoughts? Uh, um, I feel like this. I think my thought is is pretty good movie. I I found myself emotionally affected by by the relationship in some ways, and and I think that puts it into the probably the upper half for me. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it overall was was good, and and I nice. like it. And it's one of the better ones of of the '60s for me. Like the '60s okay. have been Agreed. hard to get through. I think in yeah. in some ways, it's but I think this one was nice. Yeah, it did not feel like it was its runtime. Yeah, I, I, I think it's just yeah more entertaining. Honestly. Love the '60s. I think you just picked uh, 
a, an array of 60s movies that are a bit <laughs> they're hard a bit hard yeah no i think the 60s do, do in general have a lot of good movies but mm-hmm. when you're talking about like the iconic 60s movies yeah they are hard <laughs> yeah that's the era um but yeah I don't, I don't know i um i don't know if i have any any more final thoughts other than uh that if you you know if you want to get in contact with us or support the podcast you can go to no no movieoverloadpod.com no plugs you can find our letterbox account you can find our patreon there's so many different things you can do to support this podcast or talking run away including hate watching and hate listening i would love for you to continue to hate comment that one guy that and just our engagement. Saying, oh man, I couldn't get through the first one minute. But when you said that thing that at, fun. you know, an hour fifteen, I hated that. And fuck you, I, like that's what I want. Oh please okay. don't, please don't comment again. Please. Oh, oh would, no, that would hurt me so much. That would that would hurt my feelings if you were to continue interacting with our podcasts. That would be awful. Up our engagement. <laughs> Uh, so uh, we do a thing at the end of our podcasts um, yeah. after we do our plugs in which I kind of try to kill time while yeah. Hunter scrambles to try to find a quote and then he reads yeah. them and he doesn't like them. And then I'm like just still sitting here Confidence because he's yeah. so picky. Well, and then afterwards we go out back and burn the physical media of whatever we're talking Whoa. about that week that's true Physically but we're not supposed it. to let them and then we uh like that's part of the agreement sit with around the distribution company ritualistic the, movie sacrifice. the plastic that is just like very toxic and is slowly killing us and so Whoa. by the, the time we get to the end of the 100 movies we will have consumed and become cinema Whoa. and we shall ascend to the <laughs> realm of uh s- Cinema Valhalla. Well, this is actually how the Criterion gets those fancy cases that they have. Is it's it's <sighs> cinephiles who have made podcasts and inhaled the fumes for long enough, and they just scrape the fumes out of the then lungs they, after the death. They harvest us. They harvest. Oh yeah, yeah. So we do have. Oh. That's what I was saying. We have a we have a deal with Criterion. Yeah. Um. I mean, which is are- why coincidentally, so many of these movies have been on the Criterion channel. <sighs> I really hope I get turned into like uh, a run of Russian sci-fi movies. What uh, What do you want to be? I mean, into? I don't know. I think I think it's only like fair and and right that I end up being a Wong Kar Wai box set. Oh, oh yeah, that would be fun. But I'd like to be a Wong Kar Wai box set someday. Yeah, I I feel like you would make a really good Agnes Varda collection. Uh, I I take that as a compliment. I do. Uh, I do think that is a bit insulting to the the utter joy that is Agnes Varda. But well, I'm just saying you're an utter joy. So oh well, thank you, Hunter. What about you? Um, what the heck is the Criterion Collection? That's a good point. Can you tell me some movies that are in the Criterion Collection? Uh, you could be. Just you could be the Pacific Rim release on the Criterion. They have. You could be Guillermo kicking and screaming on DVD trilogy. <laughs> I'd be kicking and screaming on DVD. That feels actually well, that's nice. fairly on brand. Yeah. Uh, sure. Is that one oop? Is what one oop? Kicking and screaming. Mm, oh. I don't know. Oop? Oop? What I mean, does it's oop DVDs. mean? It's a DVD. Out of print. Oh. Oh. I don't know. I, 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 
to be honest, I haven't gone and tried to purchase a Criterion edition of Kicking and Screaming. I feel like you can. I feel like you can buy it. It's not. It doesn't yeah. seem like it would be in high demand. I don't think so. It's a good movie. Yeah, I want a Blu-ray I like release. It. I would buy it on Blu-ray. I would too. My quote from this movie that I have haphazardly chosen from the IMDb quotes pages. I ain't good. I'm the best. <laughs> and it's with deep that, and insightful. <laughs> please enjoy and appreciate. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry that, that I failed you. This is beautiful. I'm gonna hold not not force back not the tears with any of the bravado that it has in the actual movie. <laughs> it I ends it kind of like, uh, not casually. with goodbye. Uh, Could you give us one more reading of that, just real quick, to close uh, yeah. out so we can good. meditate I'm on the it? Best. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's oh, good. Wow. Nice. So good. Or how about that quote of me saying, "Why do I recognize his brother? Who is that? <laughs> Wait, I recognize. It. Has he been in other things that we've?" I, I know this guy. <laughs> is it true? And then I look at it. Who's? Oh, yeah, I yeah. Don't, I don't know who it is. He's he's the he's he's Gene Hackman, which means that I, he's 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 Royal Tenenbaum. He's in a what? lot of things. Yeah. yeah. Shit. Well, I so, haven't seen that. So. Yeah. French Connection. I think he's there. He's in a lot of stuff. Well, he isn't. He's in a lot everything. of everything. Sydney Lumet as well, right? Mm. Yeah, Sydney yeah. Lumet. He's in ants. Yeah. He's not fancy and fresh. He's American. Oh yeah, Lumet, <laughs> Stephen Colbert, Denver Pile. He's been in things. He was Den- Denver. Den- Denver Pile was Frank ha- yeah. Hamer. Yeah, I know that. Obviously, everybody knows who Denver Pile is. God. <sighs> All right. Well, we're gonna end, end another disappointing Wait. episode with Hunter saying ah! something stupid Don't again. Don't forget Evans Evans. Don't forget Evans Evans. Evans Evans. She was yeah. the Gene Wilder's girlfriend. Oh yeah. Hey. What was her name? Velma. 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 Yeah. 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 That was a nice cut. Real they're nice like really afraid, and then they cut to them, and they're all having a good time. Okay, that's end the thing. <laughs> <laughs>